Welcome back to another awesome podcast that we have for you. Don't forget to turn on your post notifications so that you are notified every time we upload a new podcast. We hope you enjoy this podcast and if you have any questions, then messages and we will make sure that we do a new podcast or a video answering it for you. Now on with the podcast. Question is, people, are you ready for this evening? HMO, House of Multiple multiple Occupancy. So, like, this is licensing and regulations. How important it is to get this right or you will end up in jail. You will end up in jail. Yes, you will. And a hefty, hefty fine. So, if you are serious about investing in property... If you are serious about investing in property, then I suggest that uh, you pay attention to this. Steve, start tagging some people, Steve. Stevie G, yeah, superstar property investor, star of a TV program. Yeah, that's right. Start tagging some people. Give them the choice to participate in such an enlightening information rich session tonight so trisha is just getting herself warmed up ready to give you this session of a lifetime why because if you want to make money in uh hmo then what you're going to need to know is what the rules and licensing and regulations are and not only that how to make sure that you are uh, abiding by these, how to make sure that you are uh, playing within these rules, making sure that your houses and buildings are safe. Oh my goodness, safe. It needs to be safe. So if you're watching this, even if on the replay, put a hashtag replay number one. Hey, Steve, you're doing an awesome job. Keep tagging, my friend. Keep tagging. Let's get all these tribe people on here. And when new, listen, if you're on here, Let's see you tag some people. Let's see you tag some people and even share it into places. Why don't you share it in some places where you think, oh, hey, you know, HMO licensing and regulations might be pretty important. Might be pretty important to understand or even just be aware that these things are going on uh, in the world of investing in property and making some hefty money. Now, look, I think that's like some dinner on my my taste so if you realize like me that um the only way that you can make any kind of money is to add value to people sustainable money yeah so what i love about property is this is just that and hmos oh my goodness what a great way steve you do an awesome job you keep that up my friend you're gonna keep that up but hey as new people look you're coming on here Tag some other people. If you're in the tribe, put hashtag tribe so we can see who you are and see that you're watching. But what you need to do is you need to go share it. You need to put it in some places where, oh, my goodness, yeah, like this is going to show up big time. Because tell me, or if you've got any questions, by the way, around HMO licensing regulations, whether you knew this was happening, 
then uh, you can do that. You can do that. So look, let me find this post. What's going on in this real life group? And let's get it out there. Because guys, that's what you've got to do. Is there anybody else tagging out there? Because this HMO license and regulations, I don't know what's going on. Are you all Christmas shopping? Put a hashtag Christmas if you're Christmas shopping. If you, or if you wasn't able to watch this live because you were doing it on the Christmas shopping. Yeah, let me know about that. Oh, here we go, yeah. Look. Oh, I don't want to sound. Yeah, so let's get this out there, baby. So first of all, let's get it posted out onto my timeline. Hey, post it on your timeline. That's where you can share it. Share it on your timeline and put shared when it's shared. So whoever's on here now, let's put it on your timeline. Let's do that. Why? Because I think this is a very important uh, situation right now. Yeah, this is an important situation. Where are we going to do it? We're going to do the tribe group. We're going to do investors. Where else do we want to do this? Yeah, we want to do it there. We want to do it there. Yeah, why not there? Why not there? Let's just share. Just share the love. Share the love with the people. So, look, do you have any questions about HMO licensing? Do you already have HMOs? Do you realize the big potential? We're not just HMOs, but what you can do with them in the future too. Do you know that? I'm not sure if you do. Because if you knew, then it might be a little bit of a different situation with some of the questions that you guys might have. Yes, Justin. Awesome to see you on here. So, Justin, let me see you tagging some people. Let me see you tag some people so we can get some on there. Look, tribe members, but also new people. How about we get some trade people on here? Maybe the trade people have some uh, awesome information as well. Awesome information in regards to how everything has to have a level of standard where it's going to pass licensing because if not, Oh my goodness, what's going to happen? What's going to happen if we don't do that? What's going to happen is fines and, uh, you know, do you know what? You know the whole fine thing? I mean, I think people realize that there's a fine situation going on, but it's not just about the fines. It's about, isn't the licensing and the regulations in place to make the home safe? Isn't it to make it safe for the tenant? Isn't that, isn't that what it is? Because without that, oh my God, you know, you hear horror stories of places not being fire resistant, not having the right uh, equipment available. Even, even just today, we're hearing some stories around, oh my God, like too many people in the rooms. So like, it's just not being regulated. So Answer me a question right here. Do you think that it's a good thing to have it regulated? Do you think it's good? So comment below if you think it's good to have it regulated. Because what I want you to realize is that some people think that regulations are a pain, a pain in the neck, because you've got to understand them, you've got to learn them, you've got to abide by them, you've got to make them happen, and sometimes they seem a little bit silly. But let's face it, aren't these licensing regulations that are in place so that we can actually have, uh, yeah, they could go up and smoke. Laura, start tagging some people. You're amazing. Elena, start tagging some people. Robert's on here too. Start tagging some people. Yeah, you need to share it first of all on your timeline. So just, you know, share on your timeline because this is what it is. You've got you to you gotta be out there saying that, hey, look, this is the real deal. Yes, real life tribe, we want to recruit more awesome people. So chances are, if you 
are awesome, which you are because you're part of the tribe, then it's going to be, you're going to know some other, a few other awesome people. I think that might be true. Separates the good landlords from the bad landlords. What, you mean if you have, if you have, uh, if you have this, uh, what's it called? Um, if you have the, the thing, the licensing, is that what you're saying? 100% good things to have all these regulations. I'll tell you what it is also good, actually, especially in Article 4 areas. I'll tell you why this is awesome. It's because, like my good friend just said, it actually sorts out the good from the from the not so good, from the people who are actually trying to add value, do things you know, to a good high standard, and people who are just you know making a quick book, putting a lick of paint here and there, and sticking a bed in a room. You know, well, you know well, I might get you some rent. I'm not sure what kind of you know, standard of living that that's going to provide for some people. So guys, by the way, yeah, this is going to be an information rich session. You know, Trisha has been warming up. She's been doing star jumps. She's been doing a bit of yoga. She's been doing a bit of hot stone massage on the back. Yeah. So she could come and deliver you such amazing uh, information. So if there is any questions you have about HMO license and regulations, you need to let me know right now. What else is people saying? Good landlords able to abide by the regulations, bad landlords, uh, do the minimum and don't keep up with them. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that is something that we see. That's what's just happened. So, look, here the special lady is, and she's today going to be sharing. This is her favorite subject. She loves talking about it <laughs> licensing regulations. And she plays this, you know, by the way, when she shows up, she plays this little game I like. She thinks it's boring and she don't like talking about it and all the rest of it. She starts playing that game, just start commenting, saying, We don't believe you. We know you love it. Will you do that? Comment now just so I know that you're kind of in when she shows up, yeah? Okay, go, oh, she's here already. Where do you come from? Where have you been? You're not meant to sleep. Did you go for a siesta? I had a little nap. What, did you pick your nose at the same time? Leaving. <laughs> you just got Christmas nails. Show people your Christmas nails. Yeah, Christmas nails. Do you know why? Because it's Christmas. It's Christmas, baby. It's Christmas. So, guys, keep sharing and keep commenting. Uh, keep tagging people so what was exciting okay so for, for this one um i was gonna have a very special guest now he can't make it on this evening what hey but listen we're not interested no special guest you're the we're special talking, guest yeah, this I is a mark show guest. and trisha is a special guest on my show so i ordered a hit in from arabia yeah because oh, this is what she's got look is that, is that okay to do that yeah i think it is yeah so look listen what we're going to do today is we're going to go over the licensing regulations from experience, but also we're going to give you the tools. So you make sure you've got a pen and paper ready. We're going to give you the tools of what you need to actually go and get the HMO regulation or licensing piece of piece of information, isn't it? Is it would you say it's just like a piece of information? You know, like when something new comes up or you need to abide by something or there's like flood report that starts coming up. Would you say that these are all part of the uh, license and regulations? Would you say that? Yeah, absolutely. So just factor it in because if you're going to have five or more occupants, you need a license for the property unless otherwise stated for your particular council, unless some council specifically says for any HMO, you must have a license. Now, in my opinion... All of ours, even if it's less than five persons, we have all the fire regulations, etc. Um, as if it was a licensable building anyway, because it's just a way of future proofing as well. Um, we want to make sure that the property is safe for us and our tenants. Because remember, if you're not 
adequate in regards to the safety features in your property because somebody you're you know this is your responsibility you're the owner of this property so anybody that lives in it you're responsible to make sure that you've done everything as a, pre a preventative to any um damage to the to the person living in the property so as long as you've done you know the adequate fire alarm system so um in hmos you need to make sure you've got mains wired fire alarm systems why because obviously if problem goes off and they've not changed batteries you know then there's going to be an issue in regards to alerting people if there is a fire or if there is a hazard so you need mains um wired smoke alarms across the building and then if you've got multiple floors you can have emergency lighting is required depending on the size of the property as well the main thing above all is so simple is do not be afraid of your HMO officers in your council. They are such good friends of ours now. And when we were at the beginning, we just called them up and said, so we're looking at HMOs in this area. I want to know exactly that I'm doing the right thing. And, and a lot of them, if they have the time, they'll come out to the property at the beginning with you when you're planning your renovation stage. So if, for example, it needs a license and it needs this, this, and this kind of alarm system, et cetera, they'll help you and guide you from the very beginning so you can factor that in. Also, if you're new to HMO, get a builder that is HMO compliant because I would want to know that the team I'm spending all of this money with knows what they're doing and has experience there. Go and have a look at other jobs that they've completed. Just so can you, come back, can you come back to that? Because before these questions get lost, I want to answer these questions. Okay. So I've got a question. Do all rooms need escape windows, even if the escape route is fire related? No, I know what you mean. So you must have at least one route of escape for every bedroom. So you obviously need to give adequate ventilation in the room as it is. Um, but a window being an escape window, so um, the adequate sort of space between the floor to where the where the window height is. So there's certain rules around that, um, and just making sure that somebody is able to get out of the window. Now, on here, for example, um, we have rooms off kitchens, so people thought that potentially that wasn't allowed, but it absolutely is because the main thing is, and the reason I say that is because the kitchen is generally the root of the fire if there, if there ever was one. So a lot of people thought absolutely not, you're not allowed a bedroom off a kitchen. As long as you've got a route of escape that does not go through the area that potentially caused the problem in the first place, then you can have a bedroom there. It's no problem. So we have like windows and then sometimes in some cases we have a, another door. So the back door, but it becomes their um, studio, if you like, because they've got their own entrance and exit through that bedroom. Um, awesome. So next question is, do you need a fire alarm system in all HMOs or only over a certain amount of rooms? So listen, doesn't the rooms? not just count for a fire alarm, but it actually accounts for what type of fire alarm? Yeah, so there's different rooms and different floor levels will count for different systems. Um, but in regards to do it, does it need a fire alarm system? Absolutely, absolutely, because you need to be able to alert your tenants at the earliest opportunity of any cause of fire. So if you've got a three-story property, even if it's only three, four bedrooms, 
they need to be able to be alerted very quickly so that they can get all the way downstairs and out of the property if that's their only route of escape. Um, or obviously if they're window high, et cetera, they need to be able to get out. They will then have fire doors. So fire doors are essential to properties. And again, working with your HM officer to understand, do I need a 60 minute protection or do I need 30 minutes fire protection? They just need to have an adequate um, length of protection to be able to get an emergency services to the building. So if they are trapped and they're unable to leave their bedroom and obviously go through um, the corridor out, so that's one route of escape, they need to then be able to get out the window um, either by themselves or by use of emergency services help. So that's why obviously you need um, your fire door for access out in a clear way. So again, bedrooms can't be the route through the fire hazard in the first place, which is generally a kitchen. So it has to be a clear route of escape. Um, what, so what does it say? What if you're in the attic, does it need a metal fire escape? That will just depend on the size of the building. So we've got many loft rooms and they've got your, um, we, well, either a dormer or they've got normal um, skylights in there that again, they open in a certain way so that they can get out and have a route of escape out there with emergency services help. What we're talking about, the metal fire escape with the steps she, Yeah, she means like the stairs fitted to the actual dwelling itself so you can climb out and go downstairs. So in those cases, um, it will depend on the building and the size and the amount of rooms that you have in there as to whether that kind of route of escape is necessary. So you always check with your planning officers because if a route of escape like that is more for flats, things like that, because it will be multiple rooms over certain um, size of dwelling. So that's always worth checking. Um, but like I say, we've got two route of escape. So they've got their main way sort of downstairs through the hallway, downstairs again and then out. Um, or they can just come out of the window with the assistance of emergency services. So what are the things what are the things that normally people might forget or overlook when it comes to licensing that these guys can look out for? I think like people think that they're out to get you. <laughs> like HM officers want to provide safe and secure housing. That's it. That is that sums it up. Because I was talking to our officer today who I wanted to get on here, but like, for example, he said, definitely want to be on there, really interested. But unfortunately, we're actually in the middle of enforcing on something because there's like a, prop a massive property that hasn't got licensing. And there's like human trafficking and whatnot and multiple people in rooms. So he's going through a massive thing. Now, you know, I'm like, that is really terrible. I'm so sorry to hear that. But also, can I buy the property? Um, you know, think about the things outside the box. But honestly, the, the thing you overlook is don't be afraid of it. They want to help you. They want people to provide safe, secure housing. So they're there for your assistance. Anything you're unsure of, just ask for help. You know, if, if you don't ask and then you get something wrong, what's that worth? Like rather than just picking up the phone and saying, hey, I've got this HMO. This is the plans with the builder. These are fire escapes, blah, blah, blah. Because it'll all be named detail on your plan if you have something to do that. Then you can show it to the HMO officer and they can say that anything that might need to be added. But if you don't have detailed plans, they'll just pop around to the property or they'll help and just explain it to you. So say, ensure you've got this, ensure you've got this, ensure you've got this, types of windows. 
on the fire doors closes thumb turn locks so that they're able to get outside even if they've lost their keys this information like is coming thick and fast can you even keep up i want you to comment below wherever it is you're watching this and just say like wow is this fast is this too much or is this useful please do comment 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 and also you guys are doing awesome sam keep tagging people other people go and share it on your timeline and tag other people give them the opportunity to come and see what it's all about in terms of getting licensing and regulations sorted for hmos because so what, know, what happens if you don't abide by this you can get into some serious stuff what's so, serious stuff so, what's that? so, like so seriously stuff? there is up to a thirty thousand pound fine and custodial sentence Before it was 20 is it it's, it's it's 30 up to thirty thousand pound fine and custodial sentence uh custodial yeah custodial sentence what's that is that a type of croissant <laughs> this is you can go to jail right you can go to jail if you get this wrong that, because listen is that the same as like a monopoly <laughs> yeah you don't pass go you don't get 200 pounds this is this is serious like you you are playing with people's lives so that's why if in doubt just make sure that you account for um you know the the obvious when it comes to tenant safety and things like that like i say even in ours where they don't require a license if ever that got changed we future proof them anyway so then they will need if they need a license they could just easily get one because it's already been done it's like um you know years ago they, they had like the fire doors. So fire doors can be like some people worry about them being these horrible, big, heavy, brown, disgusting doors, which is what I was worried about when I first started. I was like, oh, I don't like those. Well, and like, those like, like in a in a community center or something. Yeah, yeah, like, yes, exactly. So, you know, when you're in like community centers and other public sort of displays, notice the signage above the door saying emergency exit, um, lights, and like fire routes and things like that. So signs like that, just alerting people to the route of escapes and things, that's the kind of thing that you need to th be thinking about. They need to, certain fire alarm systems for your HMOs will have things called sounders. And for example, we have, um, you have to have them checked regularly for maintenance because you need to make sure that they're working. So we've got cleaners that go into our properties every two weeks. So they check the emergency lighting for us that it's working and the, and the um, fire alarm system and make sure that there's no faults or anything like that so that we know that we're running okay. And equally, if there's an issue, it will tell you on, on your certain fire systems which zone the problem is in. So it could be, for example, we found out at one point when a tenant has like put a sock over a smoke alarm in their room or something because they were trying to smoke in there. So it will tell you that it's not got proper sensory going on and there's like a uh, fault. So then you go and inspect that room and say, hey, okay, so in zone one or in room one, there is an issue, right? But what I was saying about the big horrible doors is like people think about these horrible things that like I did, but now we've got some gorgeous things. So I have some beautiful, pretty doors. You don't have to have the horrible furry stuff um in between your frame okay good so yeah. look check this question out are you ready do. for this I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen i've never done this before so check oh, wow. <laughs> that question out so can you break them down individually all these different things or is it just a one thing so yeah really there no. oh sorry yeah. say, what are you to so i'm answer? going to apply for a hmo license and the council wants us to attach these documents gas safety certificate yeah electrical installation certificate so a gas safety certificate you will obviously have a new um 
appliance if that's what you're doing if you're doing a new central heating system you'll have a new gas certificate and uh, electrical interdating conditions so an eic again if you're doing a rewire generally on hmos we like to make sure that everything's been done and tested and brand new for us so you'll have a new eic um, report the fire risk assessment so um where necessary um, where necessary so certain size properties will need a fire risk assessment doing just, and again where you're getting them all from so so your gas safety certificate is your plumber the electrical installation condition um, report is your electrician the fire risk assessment it's a fire risk assessment guy See, check, I got that. I got that. Check within trend, your check within trend. your power team because our electrician is also trained in fire risk assessment, so he does that at the same time for us. Um, your portable appliance test host, so this is packed testing. So when everything is brand new, you don't need to um, give this at the beginning. If you're using um, electrical equipment, etc., that's older then you will need to get a pack test report. So like if, you, if you've bought new stuff, but then you end up putting that in your house and then your old <laughs> stuff you put in the HMO, then you're going to need it. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, my goodness, yeah. What, what's I mean, if it's new, you're good for a while. And if not, then, yeah, you need a pack test. Just search Google in your local area or ask your JV partners um, that are looking after that to find somebody to do the pack testing but yeah any brand new stuff you find um smoke alarm certification again this should be provided by the electrical installers that do the smoke alarm system for you so you should have that emergency lighting certification again the people that install it you should get that certificate as well let me just see is there e anything else epc epc so again it's where required um so you can get these done obviously once you've re um furbished the property and it's now of a better um insulation etc it should have a better epc anyway um but it's just what if this was required we've never had to supply an epc for a hmo license application um but again just follow the rules in your council everyone likes to do things very differently some councils have certain ways of doing things some have lots of forms to fill in but remember your license is only every five years so just take your time, get your application filled in. Again, if it's like gibberish and you're like, oh my God, what is all this stuff? Ring them and ask them for help in filling out the form. They want to help you. They want to support good landlords in their areas. So do you have any kind of quick steps on how easy it is to find the whole um, applying for a HMO license? Any tips? Yeah, so get yourself um, over to the YouTube channel because I've done a short video on HMO licensing, so definitely you can use that outside of here. But also, just on that point, look group. if you if there's an area of information that you want us to go either deeper into or something that we haven't mentioned yet, write that I want a video on whatever it is, and then tag my name, tag my name. So put I want a video on whatever it is, and then tag my name. So you do that. Yeah. Yeah, but most importantly, whatever the area is that you plan to invest in, ring the council, say, can I speak to the HMO department or the environmental health department, and then find out who your local officers are or officer that is likely to be looking after your properties and have a conversation. Introduce yourself. Say, I'm looking to invest in the area. 
I found some properties that I'm looking to turn into a HMO. I just want to understand exactly what it is that I need to do to do it properly from the start because I want to create luxury, secure accommodation um, that is safe and is good for me and my tenant and a safe investment as well. So are you able to provide me with any information? Now, most of them have got like a pack that they can send you either in the post or via email, which literally is like an encyclopedia of knowledge on their particular. And the reason I say this is because every area, like I say, is different. You, you know, different areas have slightly different rules and regulations. However, something is global, okay? So you've got certain areas um, that will have minimum room size requirements, such as eight square meters, 10 square meters, like this is different per area. Now this is, when they say minimum room size requirement, this is excluding en suites. So the room has to be like eight square meters, excluding the en suite in there. Um, but then they'll also have to have, depending on the number of occupants, a certain level of amenity um, for communal space, like kitchen, diners, lounge kind of areas. Now with this, the global, or global, but the national size, room size requirement has now gone down from, I think it was eight something to 6.52 square meters. So what that means is that when they basically brought in five occupants or more licensing, so it didn't then matter that it was two or more stories, it, it, it used to be only three stories, but now that it is five or more occupants, you must have a license. Uh, are, you, are, you, are you still on the steps to applying for a license? Yeah, but I'm just giving them a yeah, quick... Yeah, but you're using the whole, um, the whole well. programme for that. We've got other questions to answer. Okay. So how would you finish it off? Okay, um, that's good. Okay. So no, how would you finish it no, off? No, but basically what I mean by that is if, for example, you've got a couple of anomaly rooms, because there's always a question mark room in the property, this is why the national room size requirement has changed to 6.52 square metres, because there's always going to be the odd question mark room. For me personally... Don't, don't make any rooms that are smaller than seven, seven and a half, if you possibly can, because they're just cupboards otherwise. Um, they're really, really tiny. But they do rent well because they're yeah, cheap. Yeah, but also, when it comes to square meterage, that's one thing because there's a license requirement and all the rest of it. But also, when you're designing your rooms, you've got to design it in a way where it's going to be comfortable for someone to be able to move around because I've seen rooms where they can get the floor coverage, but it's not really ideal to fit furniture and a bed and it's a weird shape and all of that stuff. So do bear that in mind. Don't purely just go off, like someone said earlier, the bed, just deliver on the bare minimum. You know, like let's make yeah. it nice for someone. So what else we got? Again, you know, HMO departments, love and again just want to work with landlords that have because it's not just about creating a great product it's about how to maintain it as well so when they see how ours are maintained and the fact that we've got someone constantly going in there every two weeks alerting us of issues alerting us of you know door handles coming off or any problems with the property and checking that systems are working effectively that to them is a green light as well and it makes us licensable as a landlord and a fit and proper landlord because we have such a um, a strong service that we provide after we've done um, the renovation to the product. Because that's important also, because you could create an amazing asset and in one six month tenancy, it gets destroyed and you don't do anything about it. That, you know, that doesn't happen if you create a business and a service that can, it continues that amazing 
quality from the start. So you're doing baby shark. So it all comes back mm -hmm. to you know doing the right thing for the right reason because you've got to remember it's about adding value. The guy's got a job to do, the license HMO officer. You know, so it's working with these people, understanding what they want. You know, like it's not about oh, kind of brush it under the carpet. Can I get by just doing this or that? It's like work with them. Like these people are cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what's the next one? Do you guys do any risk assessment for the Legionnaires' disease? Or what do you? What do you? How do you say that? How do you normally say that? No. Lang, um, lang No, I do not say that. Legionnaire. Um, so again, disease again we're required but i was i talk about this on um one of our advanced trainings as well if you're advanced gonna have trainings what, a, what a, that is like a that is like a i don't even know what to call it what, what, what? Kind, of, what kind of gash is that advanced training okay yeah, advanced training this is advanced right now no but i mean we go through obviously each of these in a lot of detail there's a program called property wealth turbo if you're gonna plug you've got to do it properly it's a four-day program that you can't even i wasn't you, trying to plug you, you can, i'm just saying you can't even understand what this is going to do for you if you want to go deep levels not just the information but like go more surface beneath the surface. But the question is, do you guys have a risk assessment that we do for Legionnaires disease? What? I get when required. Yeah. So remember, if you've got all of this in place um, and it's a brand new property, when would you say that it's required? Got, it just it's every five years. Who do you it's ask? Every again, you ask your HMO officer. Is it when just is, the HMO when officer? Is this, when is this required? But the main thing that I'm saying is, if, I, is it just if for example, no, just you've got it. students, just can you officer? shut up? No, just, I'll, I'll answer it. just ask the HMO officer, when is it required to have something like this? A lot of this you is about student properties, right? So if you've got um, rooms that are going to be empty for a given amount of time, like over Christmas periods, holiday periods, just go around the property. This is another re good reason for having cleaners and just run the showers. Heads and make sure that they've been flushed through the system that there's not been service water sitting I try in there. Are you insinuating that students don't shower? No, I'm saying that when they go home for like Christmas oh, break, there's been two, three weeks yeah, of water. She's quick, isn't she? <laughs> now, what else we got? Is there a cost for the license? Or yes. is it just a set of regulations you need to fulfill? Yep. So for each license application, you um, will need to pay a fee. So there are certain places in the country that have special little one-day trainings or so that you can get accredited. So you can become like an accredited landlord and get a little discount from your license application. But if you're not part of that and it's not in your area, then it's just a normal fee. So we have some areas that cost us £700 a month uh, a month for every five years we have another one that costs us 600 pounds and another one that costs us 500 and something pounds so again it just depends on your area how much that's going to cost very 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 important fact that i did want to bring up because it's it, it is a real gray area and we do get this a lot if you have a property that is successfully licensable based on all of the things that you were supposed to do from your um, hmo officer you also, if, for example, you wanted more than six persons in the property, so, for example, if you had a property that was um, that was suitable on the license, so they said to you, because they'll give you a um, notice to say um, that <laughs> they'll say this is a six-bedroom 
10 occupant HMO, which means you've got a license to be able to provide 10 people accommodation in this property. So right? when you when you're in with it, when you're in with the um, HMO officer, they call it the octopus. And that's when you're in the inside. So what? So <laughs> So a six a six bedroom, ten person. Now, if you've got that, that is amazing. However, you cannot let it to more than six people on the basis of that license. Why? Because you need planning permission. So when you're going over six persons, so when you're going seven and above, can I ask you something? must yeah. How did you get to this from is there a cost to a license? It just came in my head. Like Somebody ask a yes, no question. I want to time how long it takes her to answer a yes, no question because I doubt it's going to be yes, no. So someone is no, saying, Tim, Tim, Tim is saying, look, I, I haven't I, finished. I, I, what, what, I haven't finished. Is there a cost? Yes, saying, there is a cost. Yeah, there is. But what I'm saying is, because this is really important because you can get into some big trouble here. Just because you have a you license. You can get into trouble if you don't go to real life property Just because you, you have a license trouble. for 10 people doesn't mean you can let it to 10 people until you've got planning and license. They are both different things gold people gold is this gold you need to share this with someone you need to go subscribe to the real life group on youtube where oh my goodness there's some amazing stuff but you want to if you want to understand this the not just the steps that we went through to create financial freedom build wealth through property build a portfolio of nearly eight million pounds but other people as well then there's going to be something very happening uh, awesome happening it's called transformational tuesday but you go subscribe to the channel and watch out for it on here so tim is saying i found uh, where where I am, the ensuite has to be larger than some areas. Have you ex experienced this, no, Do Doctor Mo? Doctor no. Mo, Doctor HMO. No, in our areas, and we have many. Um, they they haven't got a minimum room size for the ensuites. Only the bedrooms themselves. So is it possible? So just though, ask because them. This, this guy is in a different area. Yeah. So just ask your officer and hey, say, bring, what's the bring... minimum room size? Because sometimes it's on the forms. So they have like an amenity guide. Each council will have an amenity guide, but just ring them and ask the question because most of the time that is not correct or the, the guide just doesn't make sense based on what it's saying. Because we, we got given a report on saying, oh, we needed to have the room as 30 square meters for this many people, but actually it only needed to be 21 square meters. But it was just because somebody had added it up wrong and it was there on their website. So just always ring them and double check. But also, if you're working with a HMO compliant builder, they should know the minimum room sizes for that area anyway. But always, always double check because it's still your asset. Um, just message my HMO asking for an info pack. Great job. Oh, you're welcome, Mark. Very good. So how much maintenance costs do you set aside each month? So um, we put 20, for our HMOs... Um, 20, when, 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 no, hold on a second. When we're working out the before we even go into the deal, yeah, yeah, thirty-five percent is what we we're kind of testing it at. Then afterwards, we put twenty twenty percent aside. Yeah, I mean we don't need that much, but like it's better to the way we Have see. It, yeah, the way we see it, it's better to be like, oh, you know, there's some kind of surplus money here. Do, do we want to put it back into the profit of the company and divide it? Or it, that's better than having to go something into your goes, profit or yes. go into your own pocket because, you know, something's gone something and you need to do bang. it. Yeah. So that's that. What locks for bedrooms are working best for you guys? That's so, a very specific question. No, that's, that's a really good question. So we use <laughs> a um, master key it. system. 
we use a master, so we don't use the combination locks or the touch ones, like fingerprint ones or anything like that. We use a master key system. So it's just a normal key. They get they come with three sets for each room. But for us as a landlord, we have one key that gets us into every bedroom in every house that we own. Because I don't want one of those big do you, do you remember those big circles with loads of keys on? No, I don't want that. That was only on cartoons. That was never real. No, that is what that was never an real. owner had of the two properties we bought next door to no, each other. And I was that like, was on Robin Hood with the where Robin Hood was the fox, wasn't it? And he had to take the keys from the thing, him and Friar Tuck. Do you remember? <laughs> so if you have a six bed HMO No, here's one first. Oh. Outside Article Four area, can the license be rejected due to pure parking? Poor parking. So we we've never experienced that ourselves. Always check with your um local officer. I know it sounds like I'm repeating myself. On it's that, licensing sure. parking or is that planning? No, it's planning um that tells you about parking, but with our HMOs, we always just include um cycle storage if we've got space in the garden. Just make sure that you've provided cycle storage, which means that you're promoting eco-friendly travel anyway. And HMO officers love that. So, so hold on a second. I'm not sure. Are we, are we clear on is that park? Is that is parking to do with licensing? No, it's parking's to do with planning. Planning only. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the question is, you need to, or the answer is, you need to go to planning. It's nothing to do with licensing, so they're not going to get rejected. Oh, yeah, in, in Article 4s, yeah. Well, obviously, do you still it is need a, a license parking. outside of an Article 4? Yeah, yeah. So, so can the license be rejected due to poor parking? Technically, no. not, not the license planning, yes. Well, but what happens if you don't need planning? If you do, you do need planning in an Article 4 area, no, it says outside an Article 4 area. Um, if it's under permitted development up to six rooms, then yeah, you can just make so, it into a HMO. So if it's in, not an Article if you don't 4 need area. planning. Parking doesn't come into it, so the license is okay. Yeah, the license is okay, but again, so, check so with the council. I've right. not, I've not heard of that before, um, so that is that's, a strange cool. one. But just make sure you provide some form of cycle okay. storage. Okay, good. Always. So then, if you have a six-bed HMO, so only six people can live there, can a tenant have their partner stay over for a night? Is it their partner, though, Steve? That's what I want to ask you making it seven people in the property for that night also if that person stays for longer are there any rules about that you don't know do you Come on. no no but this it's is fine. an occasional it's okay. thing it's you okay can't no but the thing what i'm about to say is obviously you can't always know if someone has a guest staying the night do also, you know what I mean? also what about um, christmas when santa comes down does that count as he's staying over or does that take over the limit or not Mm. But if what I will say, and if there's not parking, where does he park the sleigh? That's what I want to know. Because Justin, um, you got to make sure that you leave room for Santa's sleigh. Because you know, what happens to the kids? Oh dear. Okay. Do you know the answer to that? Yes. So if there is, if the rooms, if you've got any rooms that are good enough size-wise for dual occupancy, then just get the change of use because it makes it more commercially valuable anyway. Having a sweet, generous planning. Oh wow, now we're now we're rocking, baby. Now we're rocking. Yeah, so so when above six people, you need planning permission. Is that full planning application? Or are you just applying for the change of use? Also, does that then make the applicable. applicable for commercial valuation? Good question. So let's break it down for the first part. Six people. So yeah. if you are is it full planning? 
So if it's above six persons, so for the seventh and above, then it is a full plan application that generally takes around eight weeks. You need to show scheduled drawings of the property to show all the amenities and the room sizes and things like that and which rooms you plan on putting dual occupants in. So if it's a six bedroom, 10 person, six bedroom, 12 person, you just need to show that you have adequate size bedrooms and then adequate size communal space to facilitate that many people. Um, in regards to does that then make it applicable for a commercial valuation, um, when it goes into not only a C4 use class, which is a six person HMO, it goes into a sui generis use class. That is a commercial use class. So C4 in an Article 4 area is seen as a great commercial benefit because you have to gain planning for that in an Article 4 area. But if it's sui generis um, outside of that or in an Article 4 area, even more valuable because it is a commercial use class, which means it is no longer residential anymore. So it definitely adds to the commercial mortgageability. So for example, we had a property that we had valued when it was just a C4 six bedroom um, at 385,000. And upon successful planning application for the seventh bedroom and the 12, 14 person um, sweet generous, it was worth 455,000 just for one more bedroom. So it just shows how valuable that it was for that particular one. Okay. Yes, it's I'm okay. just gonna read it myself. No, so look, on the council site, it says that application can take up to eight, to eight weeks. Is it okay to start getting it tenanted before? Yes, so as long as your application has been in and, reg and registered has been accepted so all you all you'll receive is as soon as you've paid your fee and sent your application what in, that it gets rejected why would it get rejected i'm saying no so as long as you've done everything properly and followed the rules then you send your application into the council pay your fee and that means that your application then is registered and live okay good so then it, it could if it takes the council six months to get around the property and deal with it, that's up to them. But you've done your part, which means so don't wait but for them what, to be able to tenant the property. But, absolutely. But then not. what happens if it gets rejected? Like they don't get it. They won't reject it outright anyway. They'll give you time. So if there's if there's things that need changing or there's something that needs adding, they'll give you an, an amount of time to get that fixed before they say, right, you can't run it anymore. Unless it's like you've got 30 people in a five bedroom HMO. You know, obviously you're going to get enforced upon you shouldn't be doing that anyway i'm sure you can start that what if it's not up to fire regulations and they're letting you fill it up yeah once your application is into the council and why wouldn't you have done fire regulations no, i'm just i'm just uh, yeah i get that and obviously you know people in our tribe who are trained properly they're going to do it but it is the process allowing people to fill up a hmo yeah when it couldn't be up to standard so people are going to be living there while we wait for this eight weeks yeah, how absolutely. Is that, how is that saying? The reason that they do that is because obviously the council will get out when they can. You know, they're not always available, especially yeah, since. I understand the, that, but then are the people safe there? Because what if it's not safe? Because the license is to say whether it's safe. Well, then you need to get that checked. You need to make sure that your builder is compliant no, in I, HMO I get standards. That, but what about people who don't do it to standard? Uh, people obviously. I don't, I don't know why you're. Huh? What are you trying to do? I'm, I'm just saying this is the situation. Is that a loophole in the council's process? 
No, this is this is just how it is. Well, so as long as you, standard, though. but you'll know based on the license application, the questions that are asking you. If you if you're saying no to these questions, it's going to say required, right? So you're gonna be like, oh right, I don't have that, so I need to make sure that say I have that. Lower. That's why it's good to ask questions, oh, okay. isn't it? You know, you got to be I, I was like, what are you doing? I, didn't, no, I was like, why is he doing this? I have the pen. Yeah, I'm talking. Yeah, so look, we need to understand this. We can't just leave people hanging. This is not an, some kind of amateur training system here. Yeah. This is fully comprehensive, real life training. So if you like it, make sure you put hashtag real life and tag some other people in here as well. So is that all good? That, that makes sense to me. Okay, excellent. If the houses have garages for two car spaces only, is that good still? Can they reject license planning? Okay, so it's not licensing, it's planning, or they can still reject due to poor quality parking. So again, that's down to the planning, right? Yeah, it's down to planning. And also, Liliana, I would advise like looking at the current layout, like can't you convert the garage into rooms because that's a good amount of space if it's got two car spaces so you just convert them into bedrooms with all suites if possible so here's the thing look i'm gonna answer this one how do you get commercial valuation on a fire bed look it's not always about getting don't get stuck on the, the fact it's a commercial valuation i don't care if they called it unicorn valuation at the end of the day, before you get into the deal, you're going to do your due diligence on what the GDV is. What well, I don't care what they call it, it's just what the GDV is. So if it's high enough, yeah, you can call it commercial, you can call it whatever you want. But what we do want to use are commercial lenders and commercial valuers and people that are in the commercial, you know, field. True or true? Yeah. Hello? Yeah, as yeah. long as you go so, for a proper commercial valuation and yeah, to a commercial bank. Yeah, but it's, this is what I'm saying. People get, I think people are getting so hooked on that commercial valuation. Yeah, but then they go to a high street bank. No, I'm not saying that either. I'm still, I've just mentioned commercial people all around, you know, everyone that we need. Everyone who's commercially minded, people are going to have a conversation and can have that, you know, business minded conversation. But don't get hung up on all of that stuff. It's, it's what the valuation is. Yeah. You know, it's what the valuation is that you can have a look at that with because the valuation is an opinion of someone backed up by all the information that you can do and all the different various ways. Um, so, you know, whether it's on a five bed, six bed, 12 bed, whatever it is, it is what it is. Okay, good. For loft conversion, what is the minimum height on the staircase? Okay, so you don't know that. So what is the best way to go figure this out? So with the... Um the staircase, I know because I'm totally like having a mind fart. No, just where would you get it from? Where would you get it? Like but yeah, ask um, planning, ask the planning department um, and also just check with your builder because again, if it's a HMO compliant builder, then, um, oh God. What's happened now? You've been given a compliment. Uh, or you're against that, are you? <laughs> no, I'm just like, because you're you being shocked. You see how shocked you are, that's why you gave me a compliment. Oh my goodness. See, that's what I have to put on guys. How? Oh, dear. Yeah, so what were you saying? Um, but, yeah, check with the builder and the um, HMO officer or a planning officer just what is required for the minimum. Um, I just I always ring my HMO officer. If ever I'm in doubt, I'm just like, so we're going to be doing an off conversion. This is the situation. Yeah, one required. time we were wondering, you know, are we going to put the table in our – on Christmas Day, are we going to go width ways or loft ways? So she rings the HM officer to ask them what we should do in our own home, whether we should do that. Oh, and he, she also called in one time 
to ask him, do we have black tablecloths or white tablecloths? And will that clash with the gold and red plates that we have? It's not, they're not even plates, are they? What do you call them? What you put underneath the plates? Um, it's serving dish. I mean, serving dish. Mm -hmm. I mean, see, when I was a kid, we just have to eat off the table. Yeah, that was in the conservatory outside. It looks nice. Because we had to place rent, setting. We had to rent our main house out, and we just lived outside. It's a it's a place setting. What's a place setting? That's what it's called. Please. So then you know this person's this space. This person's this space. Okay, so look, that's all we have time for for real life TV. My name has been Mark Harvey. And my name is Trisha Harvey. Good job. So what's the time? So look, guys, for people, thank you so much for joining us. For people who are in the Real Life Tribe, you got some amazing, amazing mastermind activity coming up. Go and find the link in the old, uh, what's it called? In the Real Life Tribe results group, or it'll be in your email as well. This is where there's more interaction. You know, so we'll answer some questions here. But if you want to get deep down into the, the nitty gritty, so all these questions, and look at the detail of this that you get on that. That's great. But really, it's about coming up with the action, actionable things afterwards of how you become self-sustainable. These are the type of questions. This is the kind of love. This is the kind of support you can get from the real life tribe. So look, if you are not already in there, you can put hashtag tribe or you contact us or make sure you get to the next event. So look, when is the next event? Oh, yeah, yeah, we we penciled, we, yeah, we penciled in some things today, but ah. I, I'm not able to release it yet because it's not confirmed because we've got to cross-check it with some other stuff. So here's the thing, though. Go to reallifepropertywealth.com and you can put yourself on the list to be notified as soon as those dates are released. So go and do that, reallifepropertywealth.com. Will someone just put the link in here? You know, it's one of you awesome guys, Liliana, Stefan, Rebecca, somebody. Yes, it is Laura. Can you just put the um, link, reallifepropertywealth.com? You can go to that uh, web page and uh, register your details, and you'll be the first to hear about it. Also, you real-life tribe leaders, you know who you are. Make sure you're getting all your awesome people there. So look, um, now Mastermind's coming up 8 o'clock, so go and have your, what, what do you call it, refreshment break? Refreshment break. refreshment break. If you want to have a refreshment break, no, no, here's my stuff for. I'm gonna copyright that stuff right now. Yeah, so go and get your break. Enjoy yourself. Much love to everybody. You've been amazing. This is Real Life TV. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Get yourself into property investors with real life. And if you're part of any training that is a possibility it may not be fulfilled, we will happily fulfill that for you. Get yourself to one of our one-day events because we will change your life. Uh, that's not true. We'll create an environment so you change your own life because that's the real truth. And anyway, we'll transform your life. Transform, change, you know, all the rest of it. Yeah. One, two, three, good. Yeah. So that's it, guys. So thank you for still watching, even though we're just really kind of not really saying much anymore. It's so awesome that you're still on here. Uh, oh, my God. For the new tribe members, let me make sure that you can get access. New tribe members. Why not? Who, who can't get access? I'm just making sure. No, it's in the group. We're just going to post have it. You, have you put it in there? No, I haven't. You're just about yeah, to do it right now. Do it now. Oh, you guys are in for a treat. There is a very special person. There is a very special person hosting the Mastermind tonight. Oh, my goodness. So have fun. Do the right thing for the right reasons because that is the only way you will discover your true potential, people. And if you are not registered for Discover Your True Potential, that's happening next year, you need to get yourself there while they are
the lowest of the low offer for you. So you need to do that. So it's been amazing, guys. So much love, so much, uh, you know, great questions. There's going to be some amazing content. Don't forget to write what uh, subjects or areas that you have questions in, and we can do like a more detailed video, but just specifically on that. So like a, you know, five, eight-minute video, something like that. Depends on what it is. Okay, all good, Mio Tutti Fruities. We'll see you very soon.